This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Can't wait to talk to you tonight. We've got Knicks losing, we've got Nets losing, and we've got some baseball issues. Let's do it on ESPN New York Tonight. At 1-800-919-3776. Short show, so we get to you as early as possible. Along with Gordon Damon, we're here until midnight. And also, Brian and Michael along the way with you, too. Gordon, I got to tell you this. First of all, hi. <laughs> How we doing? Not good, Gordon. No. There's, something, there's something about losing to Miami as a Knicks fan, for me. It's, it, it's one of those annoying frustrating, uh, irritable games. And what made this especially irritable and annoying and frustrating for me, and I'm going to, and I normally, we've worked together a while. Very rarely will you hear me pull the, the referee card. Very rarely. Because I think players should decide themselves. And you make the adjustments. If you see the refs are making bad calls and stuff like that, you play through it. You play through it. But Gordon, you can't tell me, you can't tell me that the Knicks are 12 of 16 from the free throw line, but Miami is 32 of 39. Okay, this is a Miami team that is built on physical defensive play, which I respect. All right, that's their identity. They've done it a while. Gordon, they committed more than 16 fouls in this game. <laughs> yes, it, it, and sometimes on the same play, right? Like they, that one play with the Randall shot, there was like four fouls on that one play before they find. all right, we better call something on somebody here. I mean, I, it's, it's just so – because it's Miami and it's and it's – it's it's the Nick fan back to the '90s, Gordon. With you know, with you see with, Pat with, Riley on oh, the sidelines there wearing the mask. Oh. Get you, it gets the blood pumping. It did. It really did. It got me. It got me frustrated. It really got me frustrated. The other thing that got me frustrated, and listen, I understand that Derrick Rose just got there like like two minutes before tip off, so he can't play a whole lot. But Gordon, I really wanted him in the game in the fourth quarter a little later. I was very disappointed when they when they brought Alfred uh, Payton back in. I really was. I really was. Yeah, I mean, especially since they were just desperate for some offense, right? I mean, it, it feels like it's a game that we've seen a bunch of times. Uh, tonight it was more stark because, what do they have, 14 points in the fourth quarter, had multiple opportunities from the point where they took that lead. I have it written down here somewhere. 92-91, about thir- uh, three minutes left on the Barrett layup. It was a Peyton miss. It was a Randall miss. It was, I think, two Randall misses. Barrett, obviously, in the the last uh, shot that could have uh, tied the game. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, they they had multiple opportunities really throughout the fourth quarter, right? They start with like a six point lead to start the fourth quarter, and the offense was just nowhere to be found. Oh, it was it was so disappointing. I mean, and this after. And listen, they didn't play bad defensively in the second half. They give up 19 points in the third. They only give up 22 points in the fourth quarter. So, Gordon, you're like, you should be able to win this game. It's a close game. You understand it's on the road. You understand that it's a young team. Your your leading scorer is having one of those nights at 4 of 18 for Julius Randle. Okay, so you're waiting for somebody else to come in and and help him out. And you're in this game, and you've got a chance to either steal it. You know, I I mean – they they miss a free throw late, and so you, you you could have been down worse. Butler misses the free throw, so you can tie it, and then and then Barrett misses the layup. Gordon he missed yeah. the layup. Well, oh. look, I understand. This is an absolutely frustrating loss. I think we are generally on the same page with this Knicks team about having patience. It's about mm-hmm. building over the long haul, and I will agree with you. It is a frustrating loss, but I don't know. Maybe it's I've been tra- trapped in the house too long. Mm-hmm. Part of me sees the optimism even in a loss like this. Let me let me give you what I got. Go ahead. Randall was terrible tonight. Missed a, you know a ton of threes. Missed a ton of shots. Had that one off balance shot there that was just terrible. Barrett wasn't very good. Quickly wasn't very good. You talked about the free throw discrepancy, right? Couldn't yep. buy a shot in the fourth quarter, and you lost by two to a Miami team that I think talent-wise is just simply better than you are. I know record-wise they haven't been great this year, and I think the reason why this one is frustrating is because you're starting to see the pieces come together a little bit, right? You're starting to see that, you know what, maybe this team 
can actually accomplish something this year. And if you're going to accomplish something this year, you have to win games like that. So that's why it's frustrating. You know, last year, you lose a game like that. Yeah, it's frustrating. But in the greater scheme of things, it doesn't mean anything because you're not going anywhere. This night, like tonight, they're extra frustrating. And I think part of that is tied into the fact that you feel like you can go somewhere because you realize you're going to have to get games like that. And uh, they were not able to get it. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Gordon. That that's at a thousand percent. And I was also very encouraged with the fact that I was happy to see Thibodeau play quickly and rolls together, which I was happy to see because now you let the young guy is familiar. He's going to bring rolls up to speed to what this version of Thibodeau's offense is doing. And obviously, rolls who looked like, uh, whew, Thank yeah. God I'm out of Detroit. <laughs> yeah, boy, he was excited to be back with the Knicks. I mean, he really it, it looked like uh, it looked like it was a flashback, right? I mean, not to his time with the Knicks, to some time before, even before when he was at the, the the Knicks. He did. He he was just he looked fresh. like uh, man. He was fresh. He was ready to go, and you could see his effect on what can be done with him off coming off the bench. And listen, I, I feel bad for Austin Rivers because I think he has done a decent job in his time here, but, um, you know, it was, it's, it's, it was just a tough loss, Gordon, but you know, like you said, that it, it leads you to better things. And what they have to understand is now the bar has been raised on what we expect from this team. Yes. Uh, the phrase that was used for Austin Rivers role is he is now going to be a situational player. And that situation is uh, not going to happen. I don't know what the situation is, but it's not going to happen very often. And he actually was on the court there at the end during those free throws. Mike Breen saying, what the heck is Austin Rivers doing on the court? I think he just wanted to feel like what it was to be back on the court. Yeah, he was, <laughs> it was like, doesn't he know? <laughs> the game is still going on here, Austin, if you don't mind. Yeah, that's how bad he wants to play. Yeah. <laughs> Taking your calls on the Knicks loss to the Miami Heat. Derrick Rose's debut, which was a pretty good. Gordon and I, Gordon calming me down. I was a little, I was, so understand this. I realize logically, Gordon, that this team is on the up, coming up, but it's still Miami. Absolutely. And, and, and I, I, I just don't like losing to them. I just don't, I, I'd rather lose to Chicago now. Chicago, yeah, I can deal such, with. such a long time, right? Yes, the, the, I can deal the with The Bulls that. have gone, undergone so many different uh, transformations since the pain, since the pain years. Yes. So, uh, yeah, the heat, when, when you see Riley on the sidelines, oh. even though it's the white hair now, even though the mask oh. is on, even though he's not the coach, it's still, he, that's a guy you always want to beat. Yeah, absolutely. Because he's still suave and smug. <laughs> yes, smug is definitely, well, look, when you've accomplished all that he's accomplished, that uh, you get, you have the right to be a little smug. He's allowed. I mean, yes, he's, he's, and allowed. he's a lot he's smug. Oh yes, he is. Yes, <laughs> yes, he is. He is. Uh, yeah, and and you know why? And listen, he's done a great job down there. He's he's really turned. He's kept that franchise relevant. He he's done a very nice job. He always seems to know what to do. Uh, Gordon, as far as retooling that franchise, which is something. Who would have thought, by the way, that between him and Phil Jackson, that he would turn out to be the better GM front office guy. Yeah, well, it wasn't like the the bar was high. <laughs> hard, hard to clear. It's almost like saying you're a better head coach than Adam Gase. <laughs> Riley yeah. might be bad, that too. Be yeah, the shot. you're right. You're right. right. It's, it's true. A, it's not a high bar to clear. It's true, but you know I give him credit. He he's got some rings in that other position, though. Yeah, <laughs> other absolutely. than the other guy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Other than the other guy, let's go to the phones. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Spike in Jersey, you're batting leadoff on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, Spike. Hey guys, listen. Uh, I'm not as bothered as you are, Larry. By this, so I'll tell you why. I'm on Gordon's page with this. Um, yeah, I break the game down a little, down a little different. You know, watch that last play. I've seen it five times. The ball came off hot, and bam, boxed out Julius Randle, who, who had a, could have been playing still. It came off hot, and he, the timing was off, but it was a function of Miami's defense. When I saw Tommy Washington, who's 66 years old and officiating for 30 years, I, my, I keep all these stats, 3-19 and 19, Knicks last Knicks games, and he calls a lot of fouls. The foul calls were pretty good, Larry. The, the Knicks were not playing, you know, it was a little, the numbers were terrible, but the calls, I can't 
couple of them, but that's about it. You know, you got a shot at the basket. He drew up a great last play, and the kid was a little hot with Butler on his ass there coming in. And watch it again. You'll see. Julius went right. He did everything right, but Bam boxed him out. We talked about this Sunday. That's the difference in those games. I was really happy with Rose. I think Burks played a terrific game. And here's why the Knicks lost this game. Take the free throws out of it. I don't, I never look at the box score before, but I guarantee you Miami shot 40% from three. And you're back to that crap again. Hero made the same shot to beat the Knicks that he did Sunday in the Garden. Same shot. Yeah. yeah. What did they, they shoot? Shot, you got it in front of you? They shot 42.4. Yep. Oh, there you go. You can't allow that. Three, Knicks were 10 just, 28. Okay. All right, so there you go. 42% from three. You can't win basketball games like that. They played hard. Got a little rowdy with the kids there. You got six guys under 22. It was yeah. kind of fun to watch. But I, I'll leave you with this. I know it's a short show. I really like the enthusiasm. And, Gordon, I know you're going to smile when I say this. You can put that TV on and enjoy the Knicks games now. You really can. Well, we, we talk about not a high bar to clear, right? Last year, at yeah. this point, you know, when we were about 25 games into the season, probably even before that, you knew that the team was going absolutely no place. Uh, you know, you, we you were 4 and 21 Barry, last year at this time. Players, but you knew the team was going no place. This year, you feel like, you know, fourth quarter of game. You know, when you're at halftime, you're not turning it off or you're not sitting there, you know, like it's, like it's uh, you know, torture. Yeah, and Obi put in a few good minutes tonight. He may wake up. You got my, you know. Listen, it's a, it's it's fun to watch them. The losses. It doesn't. It's Miami, so it bothers me too. But uh, I, I, we got a good shot at the end. Watch that play again. You'll see what I mean. I'll listen to the calls. Thanks, boys. All right, Mike. Thanks again. No, I'm I'm not really referring to the last play. I agree with you with the last play. I'm just talking about overall. I know. That the, that the yeah, there, Miami was a, there was a couple. There was one at the end of the third quarter. I, I don't remember all the specific ones, but there were a couple where there was one where I can't remember who it was that had hooked uh, uh, Randall around the leg and is like pulling him back, and they called the foul on Randall. There was a, there was a bunch. You know, when you have that great of a discrepancy, there's always going to be a few that you look at and you say, "Wait a second, what the heck is going on with this?" Exactly, exactly, and that's what I was looking at. But listen, and hey, Barrett's got to hit that shot. I mean, he does absolutely. Absolutely. He's got to. He's got to. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7. Yeah, you know, I was just about to say, thank God the Super Bowl's over, so I don't have to hear any more of those weak weekend tracks, but they just played it. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what's been more annoying. His songs, you know, every two minutes on every station, but, or, or a stupid commercial with the, with the little girl, hey, hey, Hamlin, nice PJs. I mean, the two of those things are, like, super annoying. Um Listen, the Rose trade, man, listen, I love everything about it. It's not even just about the, the, the player or, or, you know, um, on the court. But I like the message that it sends to the team, sends to the fans. You know, Jets, take note. Um, there's no 10-year rebuilding. You know, you get a chance to get into the playoffs. You get a chance to improve your team from one year to the next in the same year. You got to do it, you know. And I would like to see that kind of approach. You know, I didn't think Tibbs was going to be the right guy here. You know, I want Atkinson, but I have to admit, man, I've been pleasantly surprised. You know, like everything that's going on there. You know, the addition by subtraction with Dennis Smith Jr. is similar to like out there in the Bucks. You know, when they got rid of Bledsoe, that nut. You know, look when you look at how Middleton is playing now. You know, the floor is the, the, the spots for him to shoot are open. You know, sometimes it's just a, a trade is, is is not even really about just the player, or it's about you know what you what you make the team into. But you know, I, I'm I'm very pleased. Uh, like Uncle Spike said, the Knicks is something you can watch now. You know, that, that's a good feeling, man. You know, you, you got something to look forward to, especially you know this football season is over. You know, but oh man, you said something last night. You know, you had me thinking, man. I mean, you always got me thinking, but you had me thinking, and, and you know, it was it was it was very true what you said. You know, we're talking about the goats and all this other stuff we talk about with Brady and all these other guys. You know, um, when you look at all of these players of, of all of all the great players of um, you know all of the sports, you know. The greatness, some of it has to do with athleticism, but then a lot of it has to do with the way that they see the game. You know, they, they see the plays before they're going to happen. They know what they're going to do. You know, you could drop Bill Russell. Bill Russell would have came up in this era. He would have obviously been a, a, a different player, but he would have still been a great player because that kind of guy won, like, through – what did he even win? Did he win everywhere? High school, yeah. college, yeah. the pros? I mean, Olympics, you know, you got yeah. Jordan, you got Bird, you got Kobe, you got Kareem, LeBron, you got United, you got Montana, you got Brady. 
you know, it all depends on what, you know, era you grew up in or, you know, you know, when you were watching the TV. You know, these guys are all greats, and they all go. So I can see how, you know, somebody could pick either one of them to be to be the greatest of all time. You know, you look at Brady. Let's just go for right now. Brady's not the best athlete, right? Mm-hmm. You you have to say Rodgers has much more athleticism than him, but who's the greatest quarterback? Yeah. You know, athleticism doesn't have all to do with it, you know, or who came and what generation later or whatever. These guys are all great. You drop them anywhere, and they'll all be superstars. You know, that's that, that, that was an excellent point, but. You know, that, uh, thanks for the phone call, Buddha, and that's what makes the greatest of all time. That's what makes the discussion is that they kind of transcend the time period they're in because of what they brought to, to the table. And in many cases, some of them have, as you mentioned last night, Gordon, changed the rules. Like Chamberlain, right. the rules were changed for him. Uh, when you look at how Mickey, look at how Willie Mays played center field along with Mickey Mantle and Duke Snyder and folks of that era that you hear uh, you folks talk about, Willie Mays played center field effortlessly. You know, he just glided to the ball, the basket catch, making sure how easy it was. So when you look at, at the greatest of all time in particular sports, I do think the athleticism is part of it, but it is also how they perform their craft and a lot of times how they prepared for the games that they played. And ultimately, it's how they performed when the lights were brightest. I just think that basketball, because of the, the, the singular nature of the superstar in that sport, just it just makes more sense to have the argument in that sport about who's the greatest of all time there mm-hmm. as opposed to football. Because mm-hmm. with football, I mean, there's so many things that have to be. And look, Tom Brady, no question. If you're putting up quarterbacks against quarterbacks in terms of resumes, 10 Super Bowls, seven wins, it's ridiculous. But there's so much that depends. I mean, we're talking about Patrick Mahomes and how great Patrick Mahomes is. All of a sudden, the offensive line is like a turnstile and the guy is running for his life. So yeah. I just think that, that basketball is one of those sports that the, the transcendent superstar there. I think that that conversation, even beyond LeBron, whoever the next guy is, is going to be the, the great guy for the next 10 years. Uh, I think that that name will be in the conversation with LeBron or Kobe or Michael. Whereas with football, we can have those arguments about a specific position, but I just don't think that the greatest of all time is as easy as translate in that sport, at, even in baseball, as it is in basketball. You're right. And to further illustrate that, what we were talking about, <laughs> they were talking about, well, if Mahomes wins this one, he's got two. He could catch Brady. Oh, my now- God. I mean, what were they talking? <laughs> I mean, I, look, I knew it was a blowout. But, I mean, the chances of anybody going to fight, you know, even Patrick Mahomes, who's still young, the chances of him winning four Super Bowls is very, very slim. Yeah. Especially if the offensive line doesn't play better. Right. I mean, like, who knows how the, you know, who knows how long Andy Reid is going to coach? How knows how long? I mean, football, it's like a two year window. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, the change that happens in football in a two year window is ridiculous. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what they were talking about. Oh, well, he'd, he'd still have a chance to catch Brady. I don't think anybody's catching Brady. Uh, like, you have to get to more than two Super Bowls before you're talking about somebody who has seven Super Bowl wins. Yeah. And and now you hear people, they all of a sudden now Patrick Mahomes is not that great. <laughs> <laughs> boy, boy, you thought those Quivers T-shirts went quickly, right? Like the Knicks backcourt of Quivers was going to be the yeah, next. yeah. yeah, that, that, yeah. The bloom is off that rose very very quickly, and now apparently the bloom is off the uh, Patrick Mahomes rose very very quickly. It's amazing, like it was his fault, like, like the offensive line was pristine, and he just went out there and couldn't find any receivers. Look, it was an ugly game. <laughs> But I, I really don't look – I didn't watch the whole game again because it was a blowout, but I watched certain sections of it. Mm-hmm. I don't really think he had that bad of a game. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he had receivers dropping wide-open passes. He's making miracle plays that he's almost able to pull off. They had a bunch of bad, you know, terrible penalties on defense. The defense was as bad as the offensive line. Well, maybe not as bad as the offensive line, but not much better. No, no. You know what, Gordon? It was a total breakdown. Total breakdown. It was a total breakdown. And even special teams with the short kick from the punter didn't oh, help. Oh, right. Him. Yeah, you know what? We didn't even bring that up. He was terrible. I didn't even know they had a punter during the regular season. They barely yeah, really. used the guy. And you could see it. Yeah, he was rusty. <laughs> Very. 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 
also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Gordon, let's go back to the phones. Let's do it. Omar's in Brooklyn. Hey, oh, you're next on 98.7. Hello. What's going on, buddy? How are you? So, hey, Omar. So, we, are we going to discuss this uh, uh, every day that uh, yeah, last four games, can you mention every day the way you guys mentioned when Evan Alfred Payton has a bad game? I told you I like Julius Randle because he wanted to be here. But he cornered is sustained against a great defensive team. You will see it uh, during the season. And Iman quickly last four games. Can you tell him uh, shooting percentage? Right? RJ Barrett. If, if, if Alfred Payton, if Alfred Payton was had what, missed. What are you that, doing over there? You were all out of breath. Are you running up the stairs or something? Uh, yeah, yeah. I was. You need to take a break. Stairs. You can't. You can't just hop on the air and and not think you're going to have to breathe. Take a breath. Settle yourself down there. You've gotten off to a start like the Bills against the Chiefs in that playoff game. At least uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers showed us how to play with the Kansas City team. And my head yes. coach will say that because he was coached by Andy Reid, that he's not going to be soft with the police, right? right? <laughs> so let me ask you this question, right? Uh, uh, Gordon Neiman, my question is, if R.J. Barrett, the shot that he missed, that's his clutch. I'm, I, I, I'm not a... I'm an Alfred Peter, I'm a R.J. Barrett fan, I'm a Iman Quickly fan, I'm a Knicks fan. But uh, you have to realize that if Iman Quickly has a bad game, the media and the followers doesn't want to. When Alfred Payton has a bad game, everybody wants to mention it. That's not right with this building New York Knicks team. Every time when Alfred Payton has a good game, Knicks win. Please, please. Do not do the create discourse. The guy who wants to come here, and if he has a good game, if he has a bad game, they want to throw under the bus. But if Iman quickly has four bad games, but everybody mentioning oh, Iman quickly wants more minutes. Oh yeah, in last in fourth quarter, Knicks have four baskets basically: one by Iman quickly, two by Alfred Payton, and one by uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Julius uh, uh, Burke. I think four yeah, or five baskets. Yes. And the most points scored in the fourth quarter is by Alfred Payton, right? But he misses the shot. RJ Barrett, if no, uh, the Alfred Payton you know, would have missed the RJ Barrett shot, like he, the Twitter has come down to yeah, what would have done if the last shot had been taken by Alfred Payton. My goodness. This is the, the curiosity created by media that they want to play quickly. Well, and oh, quickly, quickly, quickly. He has four bad games, basically. Four bad games. Well, but but Omar, Omar. Peyton Omar. has had like five good games. <laughs> it just so happens yeah. three of them are the last like four games. He has two good games. The Knicks had a two-game minute because of Alfred Payton. And okay. Julius Handel has a bad game. Every okay. time, well, he was don't terrible. Don't mention he Alfred Payton's game. A bad game. Mention everybody's bad game. I don't think I mentioned his bad game at all. Uh, we didn't oh, mention. Why the, the, Larry, why are we getting the blame for this? Uh, well, I didn't mention. Uh, I didn't mention Payne's bad game. Case. Oh, all day. Oh, this video. My, my son. They were looking at it. Oh, but he was coming out in my room and he's telling me, uh, you know, if Alfred Payton would have taken the shot, uh, the whole in New York uh, Knicks crowd like will be all over him. So so nobody was talking about See, that's why <laughs> you're out of breath. You're arguing with your son. They're arguing with your son. That's what it is. You know, no, 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 no. He's they doing the podcast, and you didn't know. And they are, they are Alfred Payton haters, and they are R.J. Barrett fans. So that's why they <laughs> Well, look, well, no, Alfred he... Payton is, is a guy that he's had some good moments. He's a good role player on, a, on, a, on this team. But yes. know, Emmanuel quickly is the godsend that the Knicks found in the first round that nobody expected to come on as quickly as he has. And he's Will been you, sensational uh, as a rookie, so obviously fans are going to want to see him and see him develop because they realize the ceiling with Quickly is much higher than the ceiling with Alfred Payton. So, Gordon Damer, one question I want to ask you. The statement by, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, uh, the, uh, the Miami Heat uh, uh, butler, that okay. he's putting a band together. If the Knicks offer Dallas pick and the Knicks pick for butler, will, uh, will you do it for, as a Knicks? Which picks? The Dallas pick and which pick? The Knicks? The Knicks pick and the Dallas pick for Butler. Uh, I don't think I would do that. You will do it? 
I would not do that, no. I will not do it either. Yeah. I don't want uh, I'll, I'll wait for my two picks to come in next year, and yep. let's see what it is, and then uh, we go from there. That's, Unfortunately, I, agree with you I think that. that the Knicks would do that, though. <laughs> they might. <laughs> Tom Thibodeau is well, itching for a superstar, this, man. Butler comes available, Knicks will do it. Oh, absolutely. He is. He, absolutely. He's like you running up the stairs. He is itching to get up those stairs and make a deal. <laughs> All right. All right, Omar. Let's we'll go, talk Knicks. To you. Let's go, Knicks. Let's uh, that's go, right. Knicks. Let's go, Knicks. We'll talk to you later, Omar. And you ever have those moments on the air, Larry, when you run into the studio and you think you're going to be fine and then you yeah. start talking? Yeah. And you're like, oh, God, I got to breathe. How am I going to handle this? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, many too many for me. Yes. <laughs> and as you get older, those moments pop, pop up even more often. And sometimes you didn't run. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> sometimes you just jog lightly. Yep. And it's, you know. It, oh, jeez, I'm, be... I'm having problems here. Yeah. You, just, you, you get away from the mic and you do that long, like, where you let out yeah. all the air. That's right, which is something we, we, which is something we can't do from our virtual studios. No. No <laughs> cough button here. No cough button. <laughs> we hear it all. You know. But Omar has to realize that, once again, too, quickly is on a different scale gordon i mean he's a rookie so you expect ups and downs with him of course you're not expecting that with peyton who's a veteran and so the the unfortunate thing with peyton is yes he's played better of late the thing that frustrates you with him is he when he's aggressive and going to the basket and finishing that's when he's at his best it's unfortunate that that's not consistent. So I think that's where people really get frustrated with him uh, and, and his play. And, you know, over the past couple of games, games he has, there's no question he's played better because, listen, <laughs> Quickly's take, yeah. Quickly's in the, and now Rose, mm-hmm. I mean, you know. That's going to keep that pressure on him, sure. It, it's all about competition. That's what coaches love. That's what they love to do. Push you, push you, push you, push you. 1-800-919-3776. Tom is in the Bronx. Hey, Tom, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's, hey, what's going on, Larry Gordon? What's going on? Hey, Tom. Um, just a real quick question. Who is Spike and who is Omar? I mean, I went to work today at 5 in the morning, and I heard them, and I just got out of work, and I heard them again. I think you guys have them in the closet, or this is one of you guys' alter egos. But love them. They're great. But I'm just really, that's like, I'm very curious on that. And um, then my part on the Knicks is um, I'm not really – I don't really want the Knicks to try to go, like, and get Zach Levine, Brad Tooley, Beal, and stuff like that. Like, we have to let R.J. Barrett play. Like, this is the thing. If we get another superstar, he's not going to get the ball. So, it's like you have to let him shoot. You have to let him get the ball. Like, for instance, I think – Kevin Durant and a lot of these superstars, even LeBron was great because they was on terrible teams that they just gave them the green light to shoot and get better. If we get other superstars, it's, it's like going to probably diminish their, their play. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe I could be wrong, but like we can't be falling into this trap and trying to get all these stars and then fall in the same thing. Like Let's just continue to build. What's your take? Hi, Tom. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, first of all, Omar and Spike are loyal listeners to 98.7 FM, and if they want to get up early and call DCR and then stay up late and call Gordon, and I'm good. <laughs> Keep calling. Yeah, I mean, they, they get the same phone number as everybody else. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Uh, as far as your R.J. Barrett comment, here's the thing for me. The more stars you have, that elevates R.J.'s game. Because now while people are focused on them, it allows RJ to continue to play. Just because you add stars doesn't mean that everybody's time is going to be cut back. And Gordon, the only person they brought in is Derrick Rose. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we, and I understand you're talking about, well, if they go get this person and that person, they're not going to do that yet. They, I, so don't worry about that. Just let, for right now, you're right. Let RJ continue to play. Let him give, let him increase his shooting percentage, which he had done before these last two games. Gordon, he had shown some, some you know, potential and improvement in his shooting percentage. Yeah, I like the growth that I've seen from him so far, what, 25, 26 games. And I think I was taking what he was saying as R.J. Barrett as being maybe part of a package to go get one of these. Yeah, I don't want to do that either. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to see R.J. Barrett succeed or fail here. I would differentiate, though, between uh, Jimmy Butler, who's like 31, maybe 32, 
and Bradley Beal, who's 27. Like, if the Knicks yeah. could put together a deal for Bradley Beal that doesn't, you know, completely uh, just rob everything that they have in terms of assets, that's one that I would be kind of interested in. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And once you I said mean, because guy, of the age. You, know, you get a guy like that that can shoot the lights out, yeah, I, I, would, uh, I would have no problem with that. Boy, what, what, what would he do to their three-point shooting percentage? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That might he help. would quadruple it. Yes. <laughs> That's what he Very quickly. In, in a hurry. The Knicks lost tonight to Miami in about 10 minutes or so. Bart Scott said something this morning that I was a little surprised at. And that's unusual considering I covered Bart when he was with the Jets. And there were times where he would say a number of things that you would be (laughs) (laughs) surprised at. But this one really threw me. We'll share that with you in about 10 minutes. Let's go back to the phones. John's in Freehold. Hey, John, you're next on 98.7. Hey, guys. How are we doing tonight? Hey, John. Backbreaking loss for the Knicks tonight. Heartbreaking loss. But uh, it's part of the process, as we say, moving forward with a rebuilding basketball team. Uh, Your last caller mentioned... R.J. Barrett getting negatively affected if you bring in Bradley Beal or Zach Levine. That's not going to be the case, guys. If that was to happen, if that transition took place, you would slide R.J. Barrett over to the small forward spot, and you'd put Bradley Beal or Zach Levine at your starting shooting guard spot, your two-guard spot. So he would continue to remain on the team. He would continue to develop, and Levine and Beal would only make him that much better. They would just enhance his development. Um, what? What you know, Omar mentioned Alfred Payton. So Alfred Payton's getting a lot of mention now because he's playing very well. The Knicks have done a good job in developing him this year and showcasing him for other teams. And I heard uh, Brian Scalabrini earlier this morning mention that there's quite a few teams that are interested in Alfred Payton right now, one of, the be- one of them being the Boston Celtics. And I did see a rumored uh, trade where Boston would surrender two second-round draft picks and Romeo Langford in exchange for Alfred Payton, which I'd be fine with. Or, let's go this way, guys. Gordon, you mentioned Bradley Beal, and you know how I feel about Bradley Beal. But I'm going to tell you realistically, this is nothing I've seen or heard. This is just my proposed trade that, that would have to happen. And then a reported, rumored second trade with the Celtics and the Knicks in an expanded version. So let me give you the Beal trade first, as far as I see it. If you're going to get Bradley Beal, you're going to have to surrender three first-round draft picks and, and Julius Randle, where if you look more towards the future and more towards rebuilding, you look at the proposed trade reg- expansion with the uh, Knicks and Celtics, where the Knicks would trade Alfred Payton and Julius Randle to the Celtics, and in exchange they would get Boston's 2021 first-round draft pick, they would get Boston's 2023 lottery-protected draft pick, and they would get Romeo Langford and Carson Edwards. Uh, I think the second trade, the one I just mentioned, is the one I'd be more interested in at this point because you'd be stripping too much assets away to get a Bradley Beal in here. And the free agent market over the summer is not promising. I'd rather have additional assets in the Alfred Payton-Julius Randle trade with the Celtics so I could hopefully put something together and get a franchise point guard in Cade uh, Cunningham uh, to the Knicks. And then you could also add another piece because you're going to have so many assets with the combination of second and first round picks that I think for the long term health of the franchise and it's, and the the goal of having sustained you know sustained success with this franchise, I think that latter trade with the Celtics would be the way to go. Well, I will say this, John. I would like that you know the second deal is more appealing to me than stripping down everything and and trading away a bunch of first round picks to to bring in even a player as great as Beal is. I just that's what it's going to take, Gordon. It's yeah, going to take but, three first round picks. It's going to take Julius Randle, so the salary cap, so the salaries match up, and you're probably going to add an, uh, uh, an additional for one or two second round picks to that deal. So you're going to be giving uh, the only a lot of is the mindset of this Knicks organization, at least as it appears to me, and the hiring of Tom Thibodeau and just the approach that he has as a head coach. If you if you gave them the two buttons in front of them and they had to push one of them, they would press the first one where they give up the three ones and Randall and whatever else to go get Bradley Beal. The I mean, I think that the Knicks are itching to bring in that kind of established superstar, mm-hmm. much more so than looking towards the 2023 pick of the Boston Celtics. You know what I'm saying? Oh, there's no question. And and you see that just by the fact that they are they brought in Derrick Rose. I mean, you know, and once again, it's we're not saying it's a bad move, but it just shows that we're not 
Tom Thibodeau wasn't brought here to roll out the basketballs and say, okay, this is bad. This is a basketball. <laughs> and, th- and this is a layup line. He wasn't brought here to teach young players solely. He was brought here to get them ready. And remember, all you need to do is listen to the rumored players they were after. Chris Paul, they were talking about bringing here. When you talk about the players that they were interested in and trying to bring in in the offseason, that just tells you that, yeah, they were happy with the young kids and they realized the young players will supplement their roster roster but there's no question they, they want to get to the postseason and they want to move up and try to get this team back on the right track and make them relevant again when they had their coaching search there really could not have been two more polar opposite type of coaches in terms of approach than Kenny Atkinson and Tom Thibodeau they went with Tom Thibodeau and, and you know what you're going to get with that you're going to get a guy who's looking to win right now it's not about you know it's not about making sure that Kevin Knox comes along in his development or this guy comes along it's about developing in in the process of winning games in the now it's not about the future so I I think that the Knicks I would not be surprised if before the season is out I don't know if it's going to be Bradley Beal but I would not be surprised if they try to make some other big time move to make a push this year which would open the door if not next year but at least the season after to show free agents that, yeah, we're in business. We're serious about winning here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got some young players like Toppin and Quickly, but we got some veterans here like Beal and whatever they're going to do with Rose, whether Rose is back next year or we don't know. But, you know, that, that right now they're trying to they're trying to get this Nick team to do a makeover. It's the bottom yeah, line. Yeah, on the fly, right? Yeah. Like they're not taking – this is not about building for something three years from now. This is mm-hmm. about in the here and now. Yep, that's what they want to do. Richard's in Manhattan. Hey, Richard. Hi, Larry Gordon. Talk about Chris Paul. Phoenix is 14-9. and nine. Yeah. Chris Paul is an MVP candidate, what he's doing with that team. Jesus, he's having a great year, great year. Uh, you know, I heard Tibbs after the game, and he sounded, you know, exhausted because of the discrepancy in the foul shooting. But, you know, bottom line, Randall shot 4 for 18. If he would have won 5 for 18, they would have won the game. So, I mean, you know, the Knicks got enough to kick about missing shots. And great call at the end of the game for uh, R.J. Barrett. Just proves, though, that he's not a finisher, you know. It's a nice wow. play. Beat that. I, mean, he... one, I mean, it's one shot, though. Yeah. No, I know. But he beat a uh, great defender, Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. This, uh, my friend Oscar and I came up with this. You guys, fantasy situation, fantasy, you guys are the coaches. Tell me what you would do. You have Hard a game. You you're down by two points, four seconds, and you're inbounding the ball. And this is your team on the court. You're down by two, four seconds to go. You got Kareem at center, Larry and LeBron at forwards, Steph and Michael at guards. Two-part question. Who takes the shot, and is it a two or a three? It's Kareem, Larry, LeBron, Steph, and Michael. What do you do? Is it a two-point shot, three-point shot? Who do you give the ball? Does he create? Do you let him make it the decision? Do you go dump it right into Kareem for the automatic two? What do you do? Let me hear what you guys have to say on that. Always a pleasure, guys. Am I home or am I on the road, Uh, Richard? Uh, Richard's gone. All right. It's a no-brainer for me. I'm giving it to Steph. Okay. (laughs) Steph for the three. three, So I was going to say either Steph or Bird. Yeah. But, I mean – yeah, those are the uh, well. I guess you look, Jordan. You could always go with. I, I would of go course. for the three. So it's between one of those three guys. Yeah, you know me. When when in doubt, go with Jordan. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> so. I hear you. But but for me, I, you know, I'm thinking it's a regular season game. It's not a playoff game or anything like that. Right. The regular season game. <laughs> give me. I'm with you. Either Steph or Bird. But give me Steph for a three. You know, because what what am I going to do? I'm going to try to get it into Kareem. They're going to because right, what are they no. going to do? They're going to close the middle off. Mm-hmm. Defensively, I mean that's that's what I would think, you know. So I would put it in, you know, put it in Steph's hands, and uh, you know I can't go wrong with Bird either. No, I think yeah, I think if if push came to shove, I'd probably find a way to get it to Steph too. Uh, although no, just, Jordan might be uh, if you if if Jordan got the ball at any point, he was taking the shot anyway. Yeah, <laughs> damn your play, whatever your play is, Larry. It doesn't matter. It's Jordan's ball. That's right, and it's Jordan's rules. Yes, <laughs> Mike's in Queens. Hey, Mike. Good evening, Larry. Gordon, how are you? Mike, how are we doing, my man? Now, I need to clarify my comment from last night. Okay. 
Well, you got to give me some time. I'm still trying to get back my equilibrium. Okay. Still trying to get back my sea legs here. Now, last night, when I said I would not make the train for for Deshaun Watson, mm. I that's true. And to bring in any other QB, Jared Goff, uh, who else? Whatever, who else? Well, whatever else. Simply. simply put, as a GM, I'm not making any trade for anybody. When people ask me about Deshaun Watson, my answer is no. And if I was a GM of the Jets. The only trade I would make is trading the second pick down, uh, trying to get a, another first-round pick and a second-round pick. So my stance is simply put, no QB, no trade, just trade the second pick and trade down. That was what I meant to say. I got off topic. My bad, my mistake. Well, in regards to the Knicks, now that they want to fight for the playoffs, no doubt, of course they do. But if I'm a, the GM of the Knicks, it's hard to get free agents, so your best bet would be to trade for a superstar. So that means assets. And people say, oh, you traded a second-round pick for a yeah, Rick Rose. Larry Dennis Smith Jr. was a headache. And you could, and if you trade Alfred Payton, if you trade Julius Randle, Austin Rivers, you'll get that second-round pick. So that trade I know she with. But if you build the Knicks, if they trade away the assets and miss the playoffs, I'd rather them trade off their guys, trade, trade, trade all of them. If I'm, if I'm next, I want a fire sale. Everybody, Rivers, traded, Payton, traded, Randall, traded. I want as many second-round picks, first-round picks, and if we don't make the playoffs, fine. But I want to have, have as many assets, as many second-round picks as I can. Do I package them for a first-round pick? Do I, do I package them for a superstar? What do I do? So the Knicks, I know you want to make, make the playoffs, but we, uh, you went on the, on the tips. You made progress. You play defense now. So trade the guys. And it is what it is. Get the assets, and maybe you can next year make a big splash and trade for some. So, because as you know, free agency is not going to happen. Well, I, I hear agree you, Mike. with Mike. I, I yeah. don't think that free agency is the uh, is is the way to go. You, you have mm-hmm. to build something before anybody is going to come here. I just don't think that uh, you know it's all well and good to think about what we would like to ha- see happen. There's no way that the Knicks, as currently constituted with the head coach that they have and the moves they've already made that they're going to be trading this guy and that guy off for first and second round picks. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, I don't think so. Thanks for the call, Mike. I, I just, you understood that when the coach was named Tom Thibodeau. You knew right. that they were going to turn this. When they brought in Leon Rose and World Wide West, they brought these folks in. Yes, they they impressed, they not impressed, but they upgraded their draft situation in a scouting department which is good and obviously you know we quickly has paid off apparently just so far with that one player we'll see what top it becomes so yeah they want to use their draft choices and Gordon it really seems like that they're taking a page out of what the Nets did okay the Nets under Atkinson they got better they got better they got to a level where they were able to do enough to get into the postseason you saw these guys work together. They played together. D'Angelo Russell had a phenomenal year under Kenny Atkinson, had a rebound year. People were wondering if he was ever going to be any good anymore. And he recovered, and he got that team to the postseason. They played well, lost it in a long series to the Sixers, and then all of a sudden that drew attention. So I think really the Knicks are trying to do a similar blueprint, and they're basing it around something that everybody, every Knicks fan knows. The success of this team has always been them on defense. They've always had trouble scoring, <laughs> Gordon. They've always had trouble scoring. So well, you get the, the defense, the, and now you bring the young players in, and, and now you got something going. The positive that the Knicks had that the Nets didn't is that they didn't really have their own picks. Right? Yeah, they had exactly. they had other picks that they could use later on down in the draft, but the premium picks they never they 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 traded them away. So they were kind of forced to. Uh, the the plan that they had was kind of forced upon them, and they made it work. And uh, we'll see if if the Knicks' plan is uh, is 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 uh, functional. You know, it'll be funny to see. It'll be interesting to see. I, I think as long as the Knicks are playing like this, people will be on board. Yes. And even if they were to slightly miss the playoffs, uh, I think that they would still be on board. But you know what? Three years from now. When you, you still have not been able to find, you know, outside of maybe R.J. Barrett and maybe quickly and, and, a, and maybe another player here or there, you know, without that premium pick, that's probably still I know that the, the, the lottery odds have been skewed and, and you can't tank and all these different things. I'm just interested to see that three years from now where they're at as opposed to where they might have been if they had maybe 
gone with maybe a little bit of a longer approach rather than let's do it right now and let's try to maximize wins this season. We'll see. Yeah, it, it, and will Tibbs still be here if it doesn't work out that way and it goes that way? Well, let's hope so, right? I mean, if if we're three years from, you know, if, if we're into the third year and he's not here, boy, oh, boy, that's really then – <laughs> then you're really back right at square one again. Yep, you're right. Bart Scott was on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. I'm sure you heard this this morning, Gordon, because you were, you were on that show. And when I heard it this afternoon, I was like, I'll, you'll, and you'll hear why. Yep. <laughs> Next. I, I hear you. On 98.7 ESPN. Go ahead and have a question. Bring it. If I want to listen, if I want to break open my piggy bank and I hear these teases that say that I can, you know, wager if there's a punch thrown in a fight in the weekend, I, I, what what am I going? What's my return going to be like a penny and a half? Obviously, there's going to be a, a punch. Well, thrown. that's the thing. That, I mean, that's the. De- I don't know which pro, what which uh, which service is, is. But I mean, anytime they, you know, to try to get people to sign up, it's either double your money or it's something where if you, you know, do the most simple thing, just to sign up and deposit, you know, ten bucks, you can double your money right off the bat. So it kind of gives you, you know, it's to, to allure you into the world of internet gambling, Larry. Oh, I think my piggy bank's going to be closed. I don't trust it. You could have got 55 to 1 odds on the Buccaneers back on uh, Saturday. If I had known what was going to happen, I'd have right. taken it. <laughs> Seemed like some of the Chiefs offensive linemen had them at 55 to 1 odds, too. Yeah, the ones that were injured. Oof. <laughs> Yikes. The ones that were injured, they knew what was going to happen. Can you imagine, and, and we'll get to Bart in a second, can you imagine going through practice? Okay, if you went through practice with that offensive line, didn't you have a feeling that something was going to happen? I mean, you had practices for two weeks. You had well, to know. Yes, the left tackle Fisher, that was a new one. But they had been dealing with that all season long. They had lost a bunch of offensive linemen. It was, it was something that they've dealt with and obviously succeeded with. But it is it is strange, right? They, they're going through practice. They're probably running this play and that play, and they're – the guys are probably standing around clapping their hands. All right, we feel like we got this down. We feel good. Maybe it was because they were going up against that Chiefs defense that didn't have a whole lot of uh, get up and go either. You got that right. That's that's why when coaches tell me you play like you practice, I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> sell it, sell it somewhere else. <laughs> sell it somewhere else. This morning, Gordon, I want you to tell me what went through your mind when Bart <laughs> Scott said this. I believe that Deshaun Watson is a better quarterback than Mahomes. Life sometimes, Jay, is about location, location, location. And if you think I'm lying, wait till you see what Matthew Stafford looks like in a Rams uniform. When you think about the great season that Deshaun Watson had in spite of an organization that's in disarray, in spite of not having the personnel that he needs, if you put him around a place where he's protected, we talked about Carson Wentz getting beat up. Man, we, Deshaun Watson's been running for his life for the better part we, of the half of his career. Now, when he said that, Gordon, what did you what did you think? I thought that uh, can I hear that back again? Because I I wasn't sure that if, I didn't know if it was a bit. I didn't know if he was being serious. <laughs> Look, Deshaun, you know me, right? Mm-hmm. We we haven't been doing the show that long, but what have I done the entire time? These Deshaun Watson rumors have been out there. I've said I want my team to get him. He's fantastic. He's a top three quarterback. I would give mm-hmm. up the farm to go get him. Go mm-hmm. get that guy. You can cross them all, cross quarterback off the, the need list for the next 10 years. Yep. That said, he's not Patrick Mahomes. No. And that's not, not an insult to Deshaun no. Watson to say he's not Patrick Mahomes. No. And, he's, and he is, I think, a lot closer to Patrick Mahomes than almost any other quarterback in the league. Yep. Like the gap between him and, and, and between those two guys is pretty narrow, but I th- still think there's a gap. Yeah. For me, I was, huh, Bart trying to get on more than one show? <laughs> I feel like that was part of it. I don't know. No, I'm just joking. Uh, the other, It's so hard to, to judge because for me, I would have to, to say that. I need to see Watson in Andy Reid's offense. You know what I'm saying, Gordon? I sure. need to see him in that same offense. Obviously, they're, ver- they're both very good. Obviously, I think that 
for me, Mahomes does the throw off his back foot, the shuffle, the shuffle pass. He's so creative from different angles that puts him ahead of a Watson for me because of his creativity with the football. But I will say to you, I think Watson is the better runner of the two. I think yes. he runs better. I think he's got more speed. But Mahomes is just because of his versatility and how and different arm angles and stuff that he's able to do. I just think I have to give him a slight edge. I think Mahomes is the more. Uh, let me put it this way: I think that Watson is the more explosive runner. Mm-hmm. But yes. I do think that he is more likely to look for the run than Mahomes is. Like when Mahomes takes off generally, now the Super Bowl is not a good indication of this, so we'll leave that one aside. But generally when he takes off, he's not looking to try to break some big 20-yard play. You know, he's looking for five, six, seven, maybe 10 yards, whereas Watson, when he's outside the pocket, he could legitimately go on any play. But the problem with Watson is he's more likely to take a sack uh, a mm. bad sack. I guess there's no other kind of sack to take. But you know what I mean. Like he, yeah, he kind of yeah. wor- you know trying to look for the 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 way to 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 the lane to to run, and he'll actually work himself more into trouble. Now look, he's sensational. I would take him in a heartbeat. And simply saying that he is not as good as Patrick Mahomes is not an insult in any way. Mm-mm. But I don't think that uh, I, I if you gave me two buttons in front of me, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. And who's to say that if he's got Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, he wouldn't have to worry about where he's going to run. He would throw to he would throw to Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey, and he'd be in better shape. Sure, uh, I will say this as well, though. Look, Kelsey is fantastic, and Tyreek Hill. I think those two guys would be sensational on any team. But the Chiefs have a bunch of guys. The guy Pringle, Hardman. You know, they have a bunch of guys. I don't know if they're a product of the system or if they are as good as as they seem to be with Kansas City, if they would be the same players with other teams. So I get it. The talent discrepancy is fair. But it wasn't like, again, Kansas City didn't have a great offensive line all season long. Right. And it was not an issue all season long where it has always been an issue with the, the Houston Texans, even after giving up two number ones and two number twos for a left tackle. Yeah. That's crazy. And the, yeah, that, the other great discrepancy you'd have to say if you were going to go with the the, uh, the Watson point is that, you know, one guy's got Andy Reid who is going to the Hall of Fame at some point. The other guy did not have any, any, any head coach that's going to the Hall of Fame anytime soon. No. <laughs> Unemployment line, yes. Hall of Fame, yes. no. Yeah. No. All right, Gordon. Be good on the radio tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow night, my friend. All right, Larry. Sounds good. All right, that wraps up this edition of ESPN New York tonight. We thank you for joining us. We'll follow Ranger Hockey tomorrow night. Michael, Brian, thank you very much. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight.